Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. everybody welcome back to another edition of the 12 questions podcast here on the teardown feed my name is jeff gluck from the athletic and i conduct these interviews every week with a race car driver and this week it is christopher bell from joe gibbs racing figured going into sonoma this weekend would catch up with one of the previous road course winners from this season and christopher bell surprised everybody at the daytona road course by racing off to his first career victory. And speaking of road courses, we were able to do this interview at the other road course race so far this season. That was at Circuit of the Americas, where we were sitting in a broadcast booth room overlooking the track pit road entrance. And that's where we had this conversation. All right, everybody. I'm here with Christopher Bell. It's the first uh, in-person 12 questions with like no masks and everything since March 2020. So... That's cool. I'll I appreciate take that. that. Yeah, this is really, I'm pretty pumped about this. Uh, when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living? Uh, yes. It's funny. I was, I was, uh, I don't remember which one I was, or maybe it was a Brad Sweet interview that you asked. And I was like, that's a great question because yes, absolutely. I lie all the time. <laughs> um, you know, if they, if they ask me like, you know, what I do in Charlotte, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I work for, um, I don't know what I say. Maybe I work for a race team or something. And then they're like, okay, if they keep pushing, they keep pushing. I'm like, yeah, Joe Gibbs racing. And then eventually that's like last resort to say that I'm a driver. Right. Right. I totally understand that. Uh, which current cup driver have you known for the longest? Um, Chase Briscoe actually. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. When you guys, you guys both stayed at Ross Weiss's house when you, Oh, I guess you knew each other before that. Yeah, too. so we actually, we go way back. Um, it would have been, man, maybe 2000, like anywhere between 07 and 2010, we met each other racing online. And uh, and yeah, so that's that's the, probably, they're definitely the longest cup driver that I've known. Okay. Uh, can you describe to us what it feels like to crash in a race car? Yeah, it's it's definitely gotten a lot more uncomfortable since I've gotten older and I'm only in my 20s now, but I just remember whenever I was a kid and you know crashing wouldn't bother me, but the older you get the more it hurts for sure. Really? Like you can you're like the soreness lasts longer or something? Just this yeah, the soreness lasts longer. Uh I don't know maybe it's your weight, your body weight. Like whenever I crashed as a kid, you know, I, I just don't remember hurting. Like I would um you know, hop out and be fine and and now like every time I just crashed at Kansas and it wasn't even really that big of a crash, but like, I just felt myself, you know, pull against the belts and, um, hurt a little bit more than what I remembered. Hmm. Okay. Do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes you've made lately that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, definitely. I have, I used to always be a super late night owl and would stay up really late, sleep in late. And then, uh, you know, the NASCAR, 
I guess that's kind of the dirt lifestyle. And then the NASCAR lifestyle is more wake up in the morning, go to bed, you know, at a reasonable time. So, um, I've definitely gotten away from being a night owl and I guess that's, I don't know, something I'm a little bit more proud of. I, I don't wake up at 11 or noon every day anymore. Is that so like, I always kind of wonder about like the dirt racing stuff. Cause when, when your races are that late, like what do people do all day in the mornings? Like when you're at these tracks in the middle of nowhere, like, is it just sleeping in until you have to be there? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's funny, you know, Kevin Swindell's one of my best friends right now. And, uh, he's, he's still on the dirt lifestyle. Like, you know, I know not to text him before 10 or 11. And, um, <laughs> you know, we were out at PA speed week a couple years ago. And whenever the checker flag would drop, we would go car wash and, maintenance the car and so you know we're not getting to bed till two or three and okay. then that's sleeping in till 11 12 the car's already done so you sleep in till 11 12 go to lunch and then go to the racetrack so morning hours aren't even really talked about okay <laughs> that makes sense uh what makes you laugh during a race i mean i would say just doing stupid stuff typically like watching drivers get flipped off is, is kind of funny, <laughs> I guess. Not, not whenever it's you, but right. whenever you see other people get flipped off, it's kind of funny. So you're like, like two cars ahead. You see the, the one guy flip the other guy off and you're like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. They're, go they're, they're mad at each other for something. Okay. Uh, what's a quality or skill you envy in another driver? A definitely a skill that I envy in the experienced drivers is just the ability to be good everywhere you you look at kyle bush uh you know harvick the the greats in the sport right now they don't really have a weakness right like it, it's every single week you know that if you're gonna win you got to beat the 18 car or or martin truex for example you got to beat the 19 car whether it's you're going to a short track an intermediate a road course those are the guys that you got to beat so uh, I think it just takes time to get there, but yeah, that's definitely something that I want to work on where you have no weaknesses. You can be good at, at every discipline of the sport. Okay. So this next question is a wild card question. I'm just mixing it up for each driver. And what I, what I wanted to know is like for all these years, you've been like climbing the ladder and it's like, where are you going to go next? People are always ask me, what are you doing next year? What are you doing next year? And now you finally made it to where like you can't, there's nowhere else to go. Like you're up here. So does that change your mindset? Like, that you've you've you don't have to worry about climbing anymore and now you just worry about winning or is it the same is it the same you've always had like does anything change when that happens yeah it's that's pretty cool i've never thought about it like that uh but now now it's you just hope that you don't get asked that question anymore right it's just like you're a you want to be you, you want to be a you know a, i guess a symbol in the sport and and be recognize like you know when you think of kyle you think of m&ms you think of 18 when you think of denny you think of fedex and 11 and martin's changed car number car numbers for, throughout the years but he's always been the bass pro guy um so yeah like i i hope i can become the the face of the 20 car and and hopefully just be the dewalt guy right like matt kenseth was back in the day like every time i or still to this day whenever i think of him i think of the dewalt 17 so uh you know that that's what i want to be but I don't think your focus changes. Like in order to get to where I was, I had to perform and win races and, you know, yeah. And, and to be able to stay where I want to be, I, I'm gonna have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're willing to share with us now? Yeah. So this is a question I was definitely looking forward to, to sharing. And I, because I think a lot of people do it and not a lot of people will come out about it. 
Uh, it's happened to me twice in my career. Okay. One more time than I'd like to admit. Uh, I've taken the white flag and thought it was the checkered flag. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. And I know Reddick did that uh, last year at Homestead. I remember seeing the piece about it. So um, I believe it's a lot more common than, than you actually think. What happens in that situation? Like you just see a flag waving and you're like, that's it? Or you, you just think, I had one to go and you're done? Yeah, so I, I know one time specifically, you know, and it's never happened to me in NASCAR. I think NASCAR is a little bit easier because you have radios and stuff. But mm -hmm. dirt track racing, whenever you don't have radios, you have to be aware. And you're so focused on what you're doing. If you if they use the blue flag, then like, you know, so say you're, I think I was catching a lap car or something, and you see nothing from the flagman, nothing from the flagman, then all of a sudden you see a blue flag. Well, I just saw him waving, right? So I'm like, oh, white flag, white flag. And then you come back around, you see the white flag, and you're like, okay, that's it. Because you think that's the, you know, the second time by. But, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's happened to me twice in my life. And uh, it's, that's, yeah, I bet it happens more, more times than people admit. Did it, did it cost you? Uh, a win or anything? fortunately i've never done it in like a main event uh, -huh. uh so I, i've done it once in a b main and and i did miss the transfer for the a so that cost me oh man and then uh the other time was in like i think a heat race so i was able to overcome it okay well that's good uh if you were allowed to live in a different state uh than where your shop where then where your shop is uh would you want to move and where so i used to live in indiana um before i moved to charlotte and I always said that one when I'm done racing, uh, I, I want to move back to Indiana just because dirt racing is really heavy up there. You can, uh, you know, centrally located, you can get to a lot of the dirt tracks. So um, maybe Indiana. The, mm -hmm. the longer that I'm in Charlotte, the more the more I like it, though. Okay. If someone handed you an envelope and inside of this envelope was the date of your final career win, would you want to open it? Uh, no. no. You don't want to know. I would. I would not want to know. Okay. Have you achieved your childhood dream? Absolutely. I achieved my childhood dream probably, I don't know, how old am I, 27? Probably 10 years ago. Oh, okay. You know, my, my childhood dream was to be a professional race car driver and to race for a living. And, you know, I've been able to achieve that for a number of years now. So I've, I'm living my dream and have been for a long time. Okay. So uh, each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next guy. And last week is Joseph Newgarden. And his question for you is, um, of the guys in NASCAR who don't have a dirt racing background, who would be the best dirt racer if they like decided to suddenly make the switch? Yeah, I mean, my gut tells me Kyle Busch, uh, just because he's kind of got a little bit of that. Well, he, he he races a bunch of different race cars. You see him in um, obviously the three NASCAR series. He he's probably the most active guy in that. Uh, even this year, he did some dirt late model stuff. So he, he really stands out. Um, yeah, I would say Kyle Busch would be my pick. Okay, that's an interesting pick. Um, so obviously, usually these questions are for drivers, but Dave Alpern, president of Joe Gibbs Racing, has a book coming out, so I'm doing him for the next 12 questions. So do you have a question that I might be able to ask Dave? Yeah, so what... I, I've never really... It, he works for a race team, I work for a race team, but our roles are totally different. So it's very easy for me to say what is the most gratifying job that I have or gratifying part of my job and what is the most disappointing part of my job. So what's the what's the best part of being the president of JGR and what's the worst part of being the president of JGR? I like that. I like that. That'll be really good. 
Well, thanks, man, for doing this as we watch uh, some rain outside the window here. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, there you have it. Christopher Bell on the 12 Questions podcast. And I'm excited to tee up his question for Dave Alpern next week. I think that'll be a really interesting interview. I haven't gotten to do too many of the executives uh, on these interviews over the years, so it'll be a fun excuse to talk to Dave for this. Anyway, if you would like to read the written version of these interviews or get early access to the 12 questions or read anything on The Athletic across all sports, all the, all the vast coverage we have there, uh, there's a $3.99 per month deal right now. Unfortunately, the $1 per month deal is over, but $3.99, still not too bad for a month if you're thinking about it. And to get that, you can go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions and you'll be prompted for that deal. So looking forward to you being able to take advantage of that if you're interested in subscribing. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.